1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. Oh, and welcome to another episode of the Ole Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Danny. and come to you for episode 156. And if you want to listen to this one, as well as the rest of our episodes and future episodes, feel free to like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to give us a nice five, five, five star rating and a review. We always appreciate those and they always help spread the word and the algorithm and all of that technological mumbo jumbo. So we've got some things to talk about this week per usual during the summer. So let me bring in here. Sam Lopressi. Hello, Sam.
1: It's very nice when you have when the rumors start actually transitioning into actual things that happened, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yes. Actual news rather than report, report, report. And we've got Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio.
2: Hey, fellas. Happy happy to be here as always. Yeah, those, those officially official posts definitely hit different than, you know, the 1,000 like, oh, report suggests and, <laughs> and things like that. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, that's for sure a lot better to talk about. So happy to be here.
0: Yes, that's right. And as you guys might have noticed, usually the guy that I introduced second is uh is out again as we first expected him to be back this week. Unfortunately, Chuck's has had a uh quite a major family emergency come his way. And uh, he just wanted uh, me to mention real quick why he is out. Uh unfortunately his stepson, his eighteen year old stepson, uh Damon Michael Mock died in a car accident last week as they were uh out of the country on vacation. And uh just from Chuck's, you just wanted to let let you know that uh, talk to your kids about uh, safe driving. Uh, that is basically what Chuck's has has asked, and uh, obviously, our thoughts as the podcast crew and the the blog crew in general go out to Chuck's and his wife Andrea and the rest of the uh, rest of the family there uh, over in Ohio as they deal with this. So uh, there's no easy way to transition out of something like that, but uh, we will try. So uh, since I asked it last week, I'll ask it again this week. Sergio, what thing caught your eye the most during this summer transfer window that is now officially open with the
2: arrival of July? Yeah, so far, I think, it, it, you know, previously, obviously it's all fun in games and it's fun to speculate about rumors and whatnot, but it really did feel like other than, you know, bringing the guys back that they did and, and the, the way I signed in, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit, bit more, most of it felt like a lot of smoke, like a lot of, you know, just throwing things against the wall because the guy who was going to be making the decisions still wasn't here. So, you know, it it felt hard for me to both get into the rumors and kind of like put a lot of weight into them. But now that that Gintoli and I'm gonna take a while to pronounce that name right, but you know, let's let's go for that. <laughs> let's go with that pronunciation right now. Now that he's here finally, I think now we're really, really gonna start into the season of, of of really judging what this team is going to to be looking like next season. That's both in signings, that's both in information and in, in in identity and everything. Because I think Right now, the team is pretty much the same as it was last year. It was one Juan Cuadrado, uh, one Timothy Wea, And that was pretty much it. And it's kind of like a like for like substitution. So this team is pretty much the same as it was last year. Now it's the time where I think those rumors and I think those ideas really start to have a little bit more of weight. So it's getting real. It's a little bit more exciting. I think now we, we can start to, to pass judgment on what Juventus tries to do for next season.
0: Same, uh, same kind of feeling from you, there, Sam. Yeah,
1: although also this was brought up by uh, a friend of mine, Marcella, in the in my in our club group. I don't remember the last time that Juventus made a concrete move that fast in the transfer window. Like usually, there's been a lot of delay, and especially considering, like you said, unless the scenario that we joked about last week, where Cristiano Gentoli has a uh, you know. Has a burner cell phone somewhere in his in his in his basement to you know coordinate with Giovanni Mana until he's official. Um, we you don't have your the guy who's going to be heading this this up, and we made a, a a pretty quick move for uh for a guy that I think will be, you know, is is he the the, the same general type of player that that we were you know that with Juan Cuadrado yes. I think the difference, to to disagree with you slightly, uh, Sergio, is that he comes in a package that's ten years younger, and so I think that you know he'll and he's got some you know he's got moves he's got he's got skills and he's versatile enough that he can play pretty much anywhere along the flank. We'll get into that again later, but you know just to see the the alacrity with which Juventus moved on this. Which, considering the personnel situation in the front office, considering the financial situation of the team in general, uh, that's a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, pleasant one, but I'm 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 a little bit surprised by just how quickly everything moved there.
0: Yes, and just another factor in the in the Tim Way arrival, which we'll get into more uh, as this episode goes on. He also comes at a much lower salary than Juan Cuadrado, and as yeah, a club, too. a club that is very much uh, keeping an eye on the books. More than ever, (laughs) more than what feels like uh, in in quite a while. Plus, Valenza jokes aside, this is very much a move that helps salary wise with uh, a player that has signed, you know, just signed a a long term contract. So, uh, we, we alluded to a certain name that won't be actually seeing any time on the field, but will be bringing in the players who step onto the field. And that is Cristiano Giuntoli, who is basically an official announcement away from starting work at Juventus. And seeing as people pretty much assume that his contract has already been deposited because he would need to do so to start working at Juventus, he's already kind of working behind the scenes as a lot of the the newspapers uh, this morning uh, on Sunday in Italy have alluded to him getting to work on Monday and already taking meetings. So uh, first and foremost, finally Juventus get the guy that they've been waiting weeks for. And I just want to say, of course, Aurelio De Laurentiis Made us wait until the final day of June to have that happen, but I don't know. I mean, now that he's actually here, I kind of have a feeling of okay. Now all those rumors, you know, over the last three weeks since the season has come to an end, who knows if they'll continue? I mean, we got, of course, the mandatory Domenico Berardi rumor this morning that uh, <laughs> that Juventus are interested in him again. Uh, which feels like what i mean wh- when was he signed on ownership was it like 2011 2012
1: it was the same no it was it or was, was it um i think it was i mean it
0: it it feels like we're going on almost a decade and a half of berardi rumors at this point point. and i know it hasn't been that he, long he before.
1: first blew he first burst onto the scene in 2013 13 14 yeah i think it was 2013 14 and then we let we got him we picked up him and Zaza that yeah. summer, and we kept Zaza and we left Berardi there on the co ownership. And then Berardi just kind of, I think, just never they never ended up wanting to to bring him on.
0: So so here here you go, Sam. This will this will make all of us feel old, even though I'm the oldest on this podcast. Juventus announced a co ownership deal. Uh, with Sassuolo for Berardi on September second, two thousand thirteen, uh, yep. he was nineteen years old. Do you want to guess who wrote that post on black and white and red all over?
1: Uh, was that a uh,
0: was that you? Yes, it was me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, considering it, the
1: fact that I think you're the only person that was still at the block that's still here from the block at that
0: time. Yeah. So it, it's been and a Chucks, cool, but it's been a cool decade now since Juventus has basically had some sort of association with Berardi, but. Juntoli, he's basically here you guys yeah i, I would assume we're f- suddenly feeling not only a relative calm that it's happened but it's like okay now you know and i think we said it last week you know nothing against giovanni mana he's obviously done some good things with the next gen squad but Juntoli uh has a proven track record and he is the guy who very much constructed the last team to win the title so uh for juventus to to get him that's that's a that's a pretty big deal, no matter what it the is. summer ends up being like.
1: It is, and I think that there are two things. This will this, come out in, in print and in, I think, sometime this week as well for something that I'm, I've got brewing writing that I'm outlining. But there are two things about Giuntoli that I think are the, the key aspects of this deal. The first one is it gets us out of the Exor echo chamber that we have been in since Beppe Marotta left. Because ever since Pepe, I'm sorry, I'm going to adjust what, I'm going to rephrase what I just said. Ever since Pepe Moroto was forced out for not being, you know, going along with the Ronaldo stuff. Because ever since then, it's just been internal promotion after internal promotion. You know, you go with Paratici and then Cherubini, Arrivabene got brought in all within Juventus, all within XOR. And it became a bit of a, you know, it was, it, it, it stagnated a lot along with the rest of the team, the front office stagnated. And, you know, the last time we went outside the club to hire the sporting director was Pepe Marotta and look where that got us. So I I think it is a, I've, I've been saying this for a couple of years now that I think we very much needed to get out of that bubble. And we finally have with a guy that is very good at the job. And then the other thing about him is that he build he is a guy that will build the team. He's not just gonna, you know, find the names. You know, it's 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 unfair to judge Federico Cherubini in that way, because we never really got the opportunity to see what he would do in that sporting director job. He only we only he was only really in charge for one one and a half summers. But Paratici was just an and was just an Anelli yes man that went after the big guys without really understanding how to build the team properly. You know, when we had, you know, there, that, that point where we had Rabiot, Bentancourt, and McKenney all in the midfield at the same time, and they all did the same damn thing.
0: Or signing fullbacks.
1: Or signing, or lack thereof, yeah. So I, I'm excited by, by this because he's going to know how to build a team that works as a unit And he'll probably be able to find some, you know, is he going to find some Osimans and Kvarskalis for us? Because that's the other thing that he can do that we haven't done in a long time, you know, find, find guys on the margins. And as I I was talking about this with my dad, uh, just before we came onto the podcast, because I'm recording from my dad's apartment, uh, from my parents' apartment, not my own today. It kind of like a a soccer money ball uh, in that respect. I think that he is going to be very good at that. I think this is, there's nothing but positives that are going to come. That's going to come from Gentoli being in charge of of the front office when all is said and
0: done.
2: Yeah, I, I think as as I think one one thing that Sam mentioned, I think is key and and maybe not discussed enough is that for the longest time, like pretty much for the entire time that Juventus has had, you know, struggles. You know, it's been like you said, like in house appointments people who kind of like were built the same and thought the same and have kind of like similar ideas of how to build a team so to bring in a guy that that just you know built you know clearly the best team in, in in italy a team that for stretches was arguably the best team in the whole continent and did it you know with with very limited budget finding those under the radar guys you know i think when they bring in a guy like that it's almost like they're bringing in you know his entire scouting network his entire network of, you know, relationships and those, you know, maybe, you know, places that are a bit more of the beaten path. If you'd say, you know, like like guys, like you mentioned it, the guy from Georgia, I'm not even going to try, but he was very good. They brought <laughs> him to nothing, you know, those type of players that Juventus used to be very good at finding. Uh, and they've just kind of like failed recently. So I'm very, very excited about the signing. I think, you know, for what he has done and with the budget that he has done it, there was no better better guy that they could have brought in to kind of shepherd in this new Juventus era. So I'm very very excited to see. So far, you know, and and, and like you said, like if if the one move that we all assume Jun uh, Toli was kind of like shadow managing, uh, which was bringing well, it was awesome because it was very very quick from the moment the report started to come out from the moment he was signed, probably a week maybe even less time like we haven't seen that in a while we're accustomed to those drag out two three one month uh, reports of it's done it's gonna be done next season and i don't remember who was it the Dallas agent right? Right. who was was the agent who had like the longest air flight in history like he had so many layovers between argentina and italy to negotiate a contract like we were used to that and now they just sign a guy immediately uh even bringing in Milic, bring in ravio like those things happen relatively quickly and and i think it just kind of signals to a a different way of, of handling business and you know i we, we still don't know if it's going to be better obviously that's going to be shown in, in the in in the pitch in a few months time but so far, if we assume that that Junioli, despite you know officially taking over you know this week, he's been kind of shadow, you know, shadow leading the team so far. I think so far he, he he's been doing a good job, a different type of job, and and you know sometimes when you have a stagnant organization, a stagnant structure like Juventus has, just bringing in a guy with different ideas, different way of looking at things, and who just won the title, that that's that's that has to get you. Very, very excited. even if, you know maybe like you guys said, like maybe Juventus doesn't have a whole lot of financial muscle right now. you brought it you brought in a guy that has shown that can build title winning teams without necessarily all that muscle, all that financial muscle. So really, really excited. this this might be I'm gonna be that annoying person who says, like this is the biggest signing of the summer for Juventus like because he really, really can be like a guy that that kind of like turns this thing around.
0: Ah, those wonderful Paulo Dybala contract rumors with Jorge Antu and his agent uh, giving me flashbacks to one of Sergio's best quotes on this podcast. And I quote, just use Zoom, my guy. <laughs> uh. But uh, w- we mentioned jointly, and and you kind of alluded to it, uh, both of you guys, is that it, it, and it had me thinking as you were talking is that when these rumors first started, we heard of it wasn't just going to be him coming to Juventus. It was maybe a few of uh, of his assistants as well. And I kind of wonder if that's still the case. And what, especially from the scouting network point of view, how much of the help from Napoli, knowing that this isn't just a one one person job by any means, uh, how how much help he's going to bring with him? Because you know, like like we've been saying, when it comes to him, you know, he can he can unearth some gems and. You know the whether it's uh, you know guys who are Italian or guys who are you know in Eastern Europe. Napoli's roster is very much kind of a a hodgepodge of different cultures and and nationalities and 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 everything. So you know I'm interested as much as anybody into where he kind of tries to lay this foundation. I mean, obviously, like we like we said, you know, Juventus's financial situation this summer uh knowing that there's probably not going to be any european football happening uh is probably going to be a lot of stuff done on the cheap like they did with Tim Weah unless you know there are major major sales happening and suddenly there's an influx of cash but yeah it, it it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see just how outside of players leaving how active he's going to be allowed to be just uh just because you know you look at the guys who are leaving on on free transfers. And obviously there's not, not a French midfielder leaving on a free transfer as we found out earlier this week, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a, you know, there's, there's reason, although, you know, maybe tempered a little bit, there's reason to be optimistic that, you know, finally there's a guy who can get it done and build something, not just kind of with the short term vision that Juventus has kind of been operating. What feels like what these last five, six years,
2: I think, and I mentioned it in in a pod a, a while ago, but it was you know when when we we're I think discussing like maybe like January transfer moves or whatever. Like I mentioned that I wanted moves of guys that are not even on my radar that I don't know that I have no idea who they are because if I know the player, it, it means that it's just like anyone could have found that guy, right? Like the the, the backbone of us of what June Tolly did in Napoli is that he brought all of those guys that. We're we're hidden gems, we're we're diamonds in the rough. And and that was obviously because he didn't have all the money. He had to do that extra work to build that squad. And I think Juventus just fell under the, you know, we have money, we can bring in not anyone, but we can bring in, you know, just relatively well-known players or well well-known quantities. So we don't have to go that extra mile to bring in the next guy, right? And 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 it was weird because it, it fell for a moment. I remember when when Cristiano Ronaldo was announced, I think Agnelli mentioned, right, like we want now to be in a position in which we get the next Cristiano Ronaldo, like when he's a young guy. And he was mentioning that I think for the investment for the for the next gen or something. But that was in the Financial Times. Yeah, exactly. That was in and, an article for the Financial Times. And while the next gen has been relatively more successful than than you know in recent memory, like that part of the scouting, that part of, of, of building a team, just Juventus has been very, very bad at. So I, I think that is the area where they can, if you're a smart club that has much more resources than Napoli did, and you put this guy in charge, you give him more resources and you kind of just stick to his, you know, to his philosophy or to the, the, the ways he, he builds teams. I think that's just a very, you know, good way of, of building a squad in general. So I think it's, it's going to be exciting to see what, what he does.
0: We took it all. We
2: brought them to
0: our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see.
2: We could not, but she did. And in the end, What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, and something that you that you mentioned that is, I think, going to be an, also an X-factor because this is not something that Juntoli had as a resource to him at Napoli is the next-gen and how Juntoli is going to regard the next-gen and how he's going to utilize it. Because, you know, Juve are the only club right now that have one. I've uh, heard tell that Sassuolo and uh, Atalanta are looking at, because there have been a couple of bankruptcies in Serie A this uh, this summer. So there are spots available. I've heard that Milan is also thinking about it. Although right now... uh, the idea that Redbird would spend money on something like that is a little <laughs> bit of a,
0: uh, a little bit of a stretch. Yeah you you, you mentioned you mentioned Moneyball. I think Milan is might might be trying to take Moneyball to an extreme this summer.
1: I, th- I, th- I think Milan is is trying to take Moneyball to what the what the Oakland A's are doing now, uh, <laughs> just with oh, the exception boy. of not moving to another city, but to have the the resource of the next gen which is finally starting to actually graduate players, guys like Samuel Elling Jr., who, you know, I mean, to to kind of put a cor- cor- corollary, there we go, onto what you had said, Sergio. Like, I I said this during the season in review. I didn't know who Samuel Elling Jr. was at the beginning of this season. I didn't know who Samuel Elling Jr. was when he went onto the field against Benfica. And now look at him. So, like, if you, if you also have guys like that who Gintoli could evaluate and maybe push into the first team even earlier that's another x factor about how he might run this club and i'm not you know it's it's hard to it's again like i said it's hard to tell because juventus is the only team that has a team like this so you know this is getting in here and and figuring out how to use it is going to be a learning curve for any new sporting director but i i think that he can also do some real one if if he can do the same things out of the next gen as well as scouting out everywhere else. That'll be a an, an very interesting prospect because, you know, you've got players in your team that come up from your youth system. Guess what? You're not paying a transfer fee for them. It's, it's all, that's all you. And it works great for the UEFA eligibility lists too. there's all sorts of, I mean, there's all sorts of questions as to what Gentoli is going to actually do. But like we said, you know, the, Right now we kind of can't help but think that it's all going to be more of a positive than it is going to be a negative.
2: Yeah. And and I think what you said about the resources, about, you know, having a next gen, about, you know, having all that infrastructure that Juventus currently has in place, you know, you give those those weapons and those resources to a guy that has already shown that he can deliver great results with far, far fewer resources. You have to imagine that that those results are only going to improve. And you know you mentioned moneyball like we saw that in in baseball at the time really like the, the A's were the first ones to kind of start doing the, those ways differently but then you know the other teams the bigger teams with with bigger budgets caught up and they just kind of did the same thing with more money and it worked out right like because the the, the foundation was solid so i think it's very very similar to what juventus should be aiming to do with which is like what you already do and what you already do really really well here's more resources to do it even better. And and I think, you know, if if he can continue that trend of finding those those diamonds in the rough, of, of you know, just having a very deep, very well-built net, networking, network of, of scouting. And, you know, maybe you can even bring in guys that say, hey, this guy's very talented. He's a couple of years away. Let's bring him into the next gen. Let's make him a, a Samuel Ealing Jr. Who's like very raw, very talented. But we have this, you know, squad specifically developed for these guys. That's, you know th- that that's a huge weapon that I think a guy like gentoli who has shown that he can find this, these talented players you know in the in the lower leagues or the less less watched leagues, I think he can use that resource to to great great advantage.
0: all right. I'll bring in a Twitter question here since uh, we're on the topic uh, from at uh, meet one. Uh, now that Juntoli is pretty much confirmed as the new sporting director, what would your advice be to him to correct the club's transfer market activity going forward, which has been a bit of a mess since Beppe Morata left?
1: I would say do what you are doing. <laughs> exactly. In Napoli, don't change. <laughs> do, because what we've been if you do what you've been doing, then eventually we're going to have a roster that's. That's a really good. That's really good because he can find these guys. So I would tell him to, I would tell him to not do anything different than what he had already been doing at Napoli.
2: Yeah, it was pretty much look at what we've done and do the opposite. Like do <laughs> not what Juventus has done in the last few years. And, and in I'm writing a piece about that pretty much. But now that the Gentoli son uh, maybe might might have to do some tweaks to that. But it's. Find an identity, just find what you want to do with this team and, and build a team towards that, which I think has been what we've been missing for uh, pretty much since the last year of, of the previous Allegri era up until now. It was like a team that didn't know what it wanted to be and ended up doing a bunch of things mediocrely because you didn't build a team to do anything well at an exceptional level. And, and I think if you finally find that, find an identity, and if that identity is uh, be super offensive and free-flowing and, and, you know, all of that, then do that and build a team towards that. And if you're going to stick with Allegri and decide we're going to be super offensive and build a wall and win every single game 1-0, then build a team to do that. Because right now you have a team that, that is not built to do anything well. <laughs> uh, so, so I would like, other than just, you know, like Sam said, keep doing what you're doing at Napoli. Just, Figure out an identity, stick to that, build to that, because I think that's what this team's been missing for for a while now.
0: Yeah, as you were talking, Sergio, I thought to myself, yeah, they had Maurizio Sari, who definitely wanted to have his team have a certain identity, but he had the roster that was just about capable of doing
2: none of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, like with Pirlo. You know. And then purely the same thing, right? Like a double pivot with Rabiot and Bentencourt. Like, I mean, what like <laughs> that that's also like you know, a little bit on the manager for not realizing that he couldn't play the way he he wanted to, but still, like you didn't give him a team that was built for that. And 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 it's been the same thing over and over again, right? Like, like we not not to get into another Max Allegri debate, but if the guy wants to play defensive, then play defensive, but he has like two center backs. He had one good center back for most of the season before Gatti kind of like came up. So it just it's just just kind of like not a lot of synergy going on from the front office to the manager and, and back and forth. So it's it's kind of figure out what you want to do and then just do that. Because so far it's just been a whole bunch of names, a whole bunch of players that that just can't can't really do anything all that well.
0: Yeah. And now we'll, uh, we'll go to news that is actually official. And we alluded to the fact that Adrian Rabio signed a one-year deal. Uh, he is back, uh, Juventus, uh, very much getting good use out of the, the horse nickname that they, I think they basically dubbed that on Rabio rather than somebody coming up, coming up with it outside of the, uh, outside of the club. And then, uh, as we've also mentioned, uh, Timothy Weah, his signing is official. He will, uh, be donning the number 22 jersey that Angel Di Maria wore for the past uh, past season. And I, I actually had a laugh this morning as I was preparing for the podcast. I looked at uh, Juventus's or Juventus's transfer rate, uh, ESPN.com's uh, running kind of live blog of transfer grades and everything. And they gave uh, Timothy Wea to Juventus a B minus from Juventus's point of view, because as they said, he's not exactly the same kind of player as Angel Di Maria. And I'm like, do they know where Tim Weia is probably gonna play next season if uh yeah if Max Allegri sticks with a 3-5-2? Because I don't know. I don't think of Tim Weia as a number 10 like Angel Di Maria played for much of last season. So
1: oh. uh, he's, he's they're thinking that he's re- that he is replacing a he's replacing a guy that is different. Yes. He's replacing a different guy. He's replacing Quadrado, he's not yes. replacing Di Maria. That's right. So that's that's just a fundamental uh, and and I and I think much love to ESPN, but their analysis tends to be a little bit Premier League focused, lacking. And and they they and anything outside of the Premier League, yeah. And and I guess La Liga because they 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 have La Liga now in terms of broadcast rights, but anything out of the Premier League, they every once in a while will just be very inaccurate. <laughs> Yes. And I think this is one of those cases because it if if you anybody who looks at who looks at what Tim Wea does and looks at what Juventus needs will see that this is a swap in for, for Juan for Juan Cuadrado and not for Angel Di Maria.
0: Yeah. And I mean Tim Weah basically said it, said it himself after he was announced as like, you know, I'm probably going to be playing. Out wide in a, you know, and if there's a three man defense. So I don't know. I mean, I guess there's your confirmation of what Max Allegri is thinking to begin the season. I mean, who knows if it, if it stays that way, knowing how Max Allegri likes to change his base formation mid season. But uh, I guess prepare for Tim Way out wide in a three, five, two, huh, fellas? I mean,
1: yeah. yeah but also, I kind of am hoping
0: not. <laughs> yeah because we know what kind of comes with Max Allegri sticking with a 352.
1: Yeah, if we're looking at Tim Wea in a 352 next year, then we're also looking at Federico Chiesa not in a Juventus jersey next year. I mean, I actually would very much uh, enjoy the possibility of Wea and Chiesa on opposite uh, opposite each other as wingers. That would be cool. But yeah, I I just I'm not a I'm not a fan of of the 352 for next year just because of the implications it has on on the rest of the roster which none of which are good
2: yeah i I think and and you know this was kind of like alluding to what i mentioned earlier about you know obviously the reports are like oh max is looking at, at you know continuing that 352 but At the same time, like we don't, so far, we don't know. I mean, it's still kind of, it feels to me like rumors. It feels to me like smoke so far, especially when all the moves that they've made has just been pretty much bringing back Ravio and Milic and bringing, you know, taking Wea in who sure can play as a wing back in that three, five, two, but can also play as a fullback in a four, three, three, can also be a winger in a four, three, three, like he's a very malleable type of guy. So. I, I don't think, you know, his signing, you know, tells me they're definitely going to run that three, five, two back. Like it, it really is just kind of like a very versatile guy that I'm sure they liked his profile mostly probably because of that versatility. And, and that's kind of it. Like I wouldn't really assign all that value until we start seeing a little bit more of, of signings so that we can start seeing that, you know, you totally kind of doing his job and kind of doing the work and and figuring out how how this formation is going to work or how this team is going to look, I agree that if if they run that three five two back, it's not looking great for for my guy Kiesa. Um, it's it's not my what I would ideally run, but you know it's still you you still I think you still have to wait and see to be further up the summer to kind of say we're definitely going to play this. I think there's still a lot of moves to make, a lot of guys to to see what you're going to do with them, especially although you know, Lone Returns Brigade and in, in McKinney and Arthur and sakaria Like, I think once that's, you know, don't want to say it because it sounds rude, but once all of that drift would kind of start, you know, leaving the club, I think we're going to start, you know, having a much better idea of of the resources that the, this team is going to have to make moves and, and what they want to do moving forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, getting rid of those players that are very much not in Juventus's plans are it's probably towards the top of June list of things to do, especially quickly. Uh, because the last thing you want to do is have somebody like Artur or, or to a lesser extent McKinney, because I think McKinney could still very much be a useful player at Juventus. Same
1: with Zachariah if they're used properly.
0: Yeah. I mean, ling- you don't want those guys lingering around into the final few weeks of the transfer window. And then you're basically just scrambling to find a home for them. You want to, you know, I I would assume, you know, you want to have those guys out and at a new club or, as has been rumored with Artur, basically, you know, potential contract termination and he can go wherever the hell he wants, you know, by the end of July. Because then, you know, you're you're only a few weeks into preseason training. You're not necessarily preparing for this single Serie opener. You're kind of just in preseason training mode still. And it's not like, okay, you know, we're really trying to figure out You know, who are who are our guys and be knowing that there's so much else to do with this roster, uh, whether it is players going or big name sales or filling the holes that still need to be filled. You know, you don't want Artur or Weston McKinney or whoever is not in your plans taking up your time. So, yeah, I just you know, the sooner the sooner those guys are 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 sold, probably the better for Juventus, because then you can really kind of. Focus on not only getting that money off the books, but you know, building your roster. But who know, who knows about Juntili's burner cell? I mean that that might be one of the most interesting uh, text message files that we'll we'll see this this summer,
1: or hopefully won't see because yes, you
0: know,
1: that's technically good point. Uh... <laughs> I take that
0: back. We've seen it. We've seen enough enough WhatsApp transcripts yeah. the last few months. Yeah so i will I'll throw a question out to you guys uh before we get to a few other Twitter questions. How surprised are you that Adrian Rabio took a one year deal?
1: Uh, I'm very
2: pretty shocked I, I think i think we we discussed it a little bit in the, the you know latest latest spot, but it, it just it feels crazy to me that 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 was the best offer he he got and and that he took it and that he took it especially. So early in the summer, like, don't get me wrong, super happy about it as, as a Yuba fan. I think bringing in the guy that was, you know, I think fairly consistently the best midfielder you had last season is good. Just in general, just, just you know, no caveats. Uh, if you bring him for the same wages for just one year, it really feels like I don't see any downside to, to the move. But it just feels crazy to me that he, and especially for Juventus, so good to have him back so early in the summer, because now you can plan, you know, forward and know that you already have him. But it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that there was no other offer out there and that Ravia was willing to kind of quote unquote settle, because it's not like he's going to be making peanuts, like he's still going to be, you know, fairly well compensated, but that he kind of settled for that offer so early, like it's, it's you know, barely July. Like there's still you know a full month, even august to to kind of maybe you know you get a, a panicked Premier League team to bite and and give you a better deal. But you know, just just kind of shocking in in the sense of everything we know about what Adrian and Bravio wanted and about you know the finances of of a lot of clubs nowadays. But as a, a Jew fan, just thrilled thrilled they can have it another that they, they can have him another year. And thrilled that they can have him for for the exact same wages, and that there's no you know longer term commitment if suddenly uh, Ravio decides to turn back into a pumpkin. So, I'm uh, pretty 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 happy with that deal. I mean, I don't know if that was the first kind of like June Toli led negotiation, uh, but if it was, just kudos. That's an A plus for me.
1: There's a part of me that wonders if this was more the impetus of Rabiot, if he kind of started getting comfortable in Turin and was like, all right, I'll give it one year. We'll see if we get back into the Champions League. If we do, then I would like to stay here even longer term. And we can think about a, a raise with Champions League money. And if not, then I can go elsewhere, especially uh, watching the little video he recorded, you know, talking about uh, how much he loved Juventus and and how much he, he'd grown up as a player there and. You know, that's, that's obviously, you know, to, to quote Nuke that's, you know, working on your platitudes. <laughs> but, but at the same time, it, it's, it's, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And at the end of the day, whether your agent is your mom or not, your agent works for you and, uh, and you and has to get what you want done. So that's one possibility. The other possibility is just that everybody else in Europe is everybody else in Europe wants to see it again because <laughs> you you have not seen this out of Adrian Rabio until this year and you don't want to commit a whole lot of money to something that might not happen again so that that th- th- those that those to me are the two possibilities as to why this this happened the way it did because you know otherwise for there to just be no market for him you know with the exception maybe of of that potential last minute approach by manchester united that that just seems so crazy given the season he had last year
0: yeah and you know who wants to uh see it again all three of us all three of us
1: No necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: All right, folks, a couple of Twitter questions here to wrap things up. Since we touched on it a few minutes ago, we'll go right back to it. From at Miguel Garza 85. Why be stubborn and stick to a three-five-two when your best players don't suit this formation? Because Allegra is a stubborn man.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and, and I think. It's you know I I do believe that the three five two kind of burns out of of necessity last year and, and you know just because like you said Allegri is a defensive coach he kind of figured he could build it that way and and you know it it was a, a mid season move I think if we're moving forward next year and it's still a three five two that's when I think you you have to start asking those questions because you know Kiesa really for pretty much the entire first semester he was out or, or largely ineffective. He kind of started to pick it up in the in the second half of the season. I, I once that three five two was already there. So I think right now, and especially like I said before, until we start seeing more moves, I wouldn't you know write in stone that we're moving forward to three five two. If we're in August and the first game of the season is is on the line and we're still playing three five two and like Federico Piz mm-hmm. is still under you know Juventus employment. I think at that point you start asking questions right now, you know, last season was last season. It had its, you know, it's reasons for that at the moment, but right now I think, you know, I still wouldn't put that, put it in stone. And I hope it's not a three, five, two moving forward, because I do agree that it's not, you know, it's not the best formation right now for what this team, you know, should be trying to do.
0: All right. Next question here from at Williams. William Ensing, I hope I said that right. He's a new, new, new Twitter questioner from Denmark, so uh, my Danish is certainly not up to speed. Uh, but anyways, uh, a lot of rumors surrounding Juventus, but I just can't figure out how they'll be able to buy and balance their books without selling Dusan or Bremer for top money. What's your guys' take on this?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, and I, I think it'll it comes down to brass tacks. It'll probably be Vlaovic. I I think he's a much better, he'll, he'll get you more money. And I think that with Max Allegri as the manager, I don't, I don't think Fulavich particularly wants to spend another season, you know, being wasted the way that Max coaches. So I wouldn't be surprised and I would not, I would not blame him for wanting, for wanting to move. And I, I think if there's going to be a move, that's going to be it. Because, you know, you can, you know, you get, Guys like Zachariah and Artur out to you know those those rumors that West Ham you know West Ham has to load up for the Europa League this year so they might you know it, and and they just lost Declan Rice to what was it Arsenal that, that is a stupid amount of money for a guy like Declan <laughs> Rice ridiculous. he's not that good that's ridiculous like, he's he's fine he's good I don't want like all respect to him but he's you're not he, he's not worth that much money that's just <laughs> Premier League being stupid and inflated. But, you know, they do have to replace him and, you know, Zachariah, Artur, maybe both would be would be a route to that. And, you know, that would give us some money. You know, McKenney would also give us some money. But I think you, you do need one of the big ones to go out if you're going to fill the gap and then try to reinvest some. And so, yeah, I think that Blavich is probably the one sacrificed, but it, it sucks all around because. I would love to keep Flavic around as well. You know, we were so high, we were so happy, you know, a year and a half ago when this was coming down, when he arrived. And it's just he's been misused. And, you know, if you're if you're gonna have a piece that you're not gonna use properly, then move him on.
2: Yeah, I think that this this depends on what you know the the concept of balancing the books, quote unquote means, right? Like if if balancing the books means, you know, go for another big ticket guy, then yeah, definitely you need to sell someone, you know, to kind of, you know, fuel feel that purchase. Uh, but I do think there's a scenario in which, especially, and this has become, you know, you totally palooza, but there's a scenario in which you move those, you know, like your Sakarias, your McKinney's, your Arthur's. Uh, You know, you got rid of the quadrado contract, you got, quote unquote, rid, but you're no longer paying Angel Di Maria a bunch of money. You know, there's a world in which all of that money and all of those savings, you can build a better team with, you know, savvier, lower cost moves, and you don't necessarily need to sell Blachowicz and you don't need to sell Bremer or Chiesa or any of those big names. Like, I do think that's a fairly reasonable, you know, outcome. For and I think it's exactly why probably a guy like Gentile was signed. Uh, but if it's if it's like, who is the next big name we're getting? Yeah, definitely we don't have any money to bring in a 50, 60 million euro guy. So you definitely have to sell someone to to do that. Similarly to the way they got Bremer because they sold the league last season. So it really is going to depend on on the squad building and if the recent signings that we've had, you know, the Millage, the the Wehr, the Robert signings. Are any indications, to me, it feels like they're going to go the first route, like the, let's make savvy moves. Let's make, you know, cheaper purchases, bring it, build a better squad a more cohesive squad, uh, but don't really break the bank. And I think in order to do that plan, I think you can very, well, not very easily, obviously, but I think you can do that without having to offload a, uh, you know, one of your you know one of the players that were supposedly or are supposedly you know the the cornerstones for the future so it it really is going to depend on on what the the building plan is for for Gintoli and for Juventus next season
0: yeah and i i think the biggest thing is is really just juntoli understanding just kind of what limitations he's under and what kind of the reality of the of the books are and Obviously, uh, as we know, kind of that that will dictate first and foremost what Juventus is able to do in terms of buying players, but also in terms of uh, who they need to sell.
2: So, yeah, because I, I do think that at least wages wise, you, you know, no Pancolado, no Angel Di Maria. If you blow, you know, Arthur Sakaya, Zacaria, uh, maybe if there's someone out there, you know, win, win Saudi clubs that can take Alexandra out of your hands and, and those wages, too. You're looking at a fairly reasonably priced squad, I think, with a lot of young guys like Robella, like Fagioli, like Midetti, Uh, really not a lot of guys were making a lot of money. And I think just those savings alone make you a much healthier club financially wise. And, and you can start to build from there and you can start to kind of like leverage that that next gen, you know. Field of players because you know there's been a lot of reports that sule is is a target for other teams, like Gilling Jr. is a target for other teams. You're gonna have to upload, I think, one of those two guys, hopefully in a loan, but I do think like maybe now you have too many wingers. So maybe one of those guys goes in a loan. Like I do think there's there's some financial uh, fat that you can relatively easily trim that can afford you some moves without necessarily having to, to offload a Blahovic or a big guy like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, hell, just look what Roma just did to uh, get within financial fair play restrictions. Although don't, don't hear anything about plus Valencia now because they changed what, what the rules were funny. how yeah, that well, So,
2: nice, but so <laughs> that, 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 was, that was really, once that got done, it was like, okay. I actually think
1: also, I think Roma just missed the, just missed their goal.
0: Did they? Uh, Yeah. People were saying they just barely cleared it. So whatever, either, either way. Yeah. uh, They did a lot of, a lot of selling and sudden income in a short amount of period. So hopefully, hopefully Juventus can get rid of the, uh, the excess midfielders in the same kind of fashion. So anyways, uh, on that note, thank you all for the Twitter questions. We always appreciate them. If you want to do so, uh, send them to us at Juventus nation. On Twitter, and hopefully our uh, our red limit uh, has not uh, has not hit its mark, so we can actually see them at some point when we record here these next few weeks, when Twitter is still around. Uh, if you want to do so, follow us there at Juventus Nation. Follow the Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify feel free to give us a nice five-star rating and a review. We always appreciate those. So for Sam, for Sergio, for Chucks, and for producer Couch, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week.